Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, we just stretch your hand towards heaven. I want to pray. Father, I just thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that... I thank you for what you've done. God, we don't just sing because of what you can do for us, but God, we worship you for who you are. God, we're not here just to go through motions or sing some songs through corporate karaoke. God, we're here to encounter you. And so God, I just thank you so much for making yourself available to us. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of, this, of our people and in this church. God, I'm thankful for the influence you've entrusted on us to serve and love this community help serve a city and change a state and impact the world for your name. So God, I just pray you would move today. May your spirit fall in this place. We love you so much. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody set. Come on, everybody set. Hey, say hi to somebody sitting next to you. Welcome to church. Hey, I want to say a special welcome to everybody who is here for the very first time. Come on, church, put your hands together. Welcome all of our first-time guests. Thank you for being here. And a special welcome to you, everybody watching online. Uh, today, we are in week two of a series that we've entitled Blockbusters. If you missed last week, you can go back and, and watch the message. But last week, we talked about one of my favorite movies, The Sandlot. But today is a really special day. This movie uh, in particular gave hope to bullied kids everywhere. Before there was Cobra Kai on Netflix, how many of you know there was a movie called Karate Kid? Any Karate Kid fans in the house today? Come on. I'm excited uh, to unpack this movie. And uh, what we're doing, if you're new, uh, we're taking a look at some of the most famous movies ever made, and then we're going to God's Word to teach through them. And you may be wondering, like, why in the world would you do it? Why would you take secular movies and, and teach the Bible? Well, because when you look at the life and teachings of Jesus, the way in which he communicated uh, was he communicated in something called parables. And a parable is simply a story. And so what Jesus would often do is he would explain things to them and who he was and who God was and what he came to do in such a way where he would use like cultural examples and what was going on. And he would tell them in a story to help them understand the principles of God. Well, today I would say that movies are really like modern day parables. Not that every movie has this like God thread in it, uh, but what you listen to and what you watch impacts how you live. Amen. And so what happens oftentimes is we watch things and every movie really tells us um, who God is or who God is not, or what to do or what not to do, or how to think or how not to think, right? And so today we're going through Karate Kid. And if you've never seen Karate Kid, I'll kind of give you a quick overview of what the movie is about. Uh, but it is about a kid named Daniel, and Daniel and his mom move uh, from New York to California. And when Daniel gets to California, he finds himself getting in a little bit of trouble. The reason he's getting himself into trouble is because he starts flirting with the ex-girlfriend of a guy named Johnny, who was a part of the Cobra Kai dojo. And all of a sudden, he starts flirting with this girl, and Johnny ain't having it. And so what happens is Daniel starts to get beat up. And it's beat me up once, shame on you, beat me up twice, shame on me, right? And so he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to fight. I'm going to learn how to train. And then he meets a man, a maintenance man, by the name of Mr. Miyagi. Any Miyagi fans in the house? Come on. And uh, love Mr. Miyagi. And as he begins to form this relationship with him, um, what happens over time is Daniel ends up going to a party, you know, and uh, he's at this party and 
And Johnny is sitting in the stall when he goes into the bathroom. And so Daniel decides he's going to play a little prank. And so Daniel gets the hose from the sink and he puts it over the edge of the stall and soaks Johnny while he's going to the restroom. And the next scene is Daniel running from, for his life and the whole dojo, the whole Cobra Kai are chasing him down only to catch him once again and beat him up. But all of a sudden, Mr. Miyagi shows up and wipes them all out. Daniel's out conscious and Mr. Miyagi brings him back. And as Daniel wakes up and he starts to go, well, what happened? And Mr. Miyagi made it very clear that it was him who saved Daniel. And Daniel's like, what, how, how did this, how did this happen? You're just an old maintenance man, right? There was something about Miyagi that Daniel didn't know quite yet. And so what Miyagi and Daniel do is they decide Miyagi takes him down to the dojo, to the Cobra Kai, and he addresses the sensei and he tells him, he said, hey, leave the boy alone. And they're like, not a chance. And he's like, I tell you what, I'm going to train him, but you cannot fight him. You cannot hurt him. You cannot touch him until the big tournament, which is at the end of the movie. And so they agree. And Daniel starts his training with Mr. Miyagi. Check this first clip out. Hey, online audience. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for, for tuning in. Obviously, due to copyright issues, we're not able to stream some of the clips that we're showing, but wanted to come to you and kind of explain what is happening. Right, Daniel, all of a sudden, he begins his training with Mr. Miyagi. And uh, as, he, as he starts to do this, Miyagi has some different methods. And so Daniel's wondering, like, you know, what, what do I got to do to be trained by you? And Miyagi says, we're going to make a pact. We're going to make a sacred promise. And here it is. I do, you do whatever I say and you ask no questions. Now, this is, a hard, this is a hard thing to do, right? Like not ask any questions to a guy you barely met, but the truth is, is Daniel needed Mr. Miyagi. He needed him. And so all of a sudden, he, he starts to, to tell him, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to see all these cars. I want you to wash them all. And then I want you to wax them. And Daniel's like, but, but, but. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no questions. No questions. You said no questions. And he's like, but, but he's like, no questions. Right, And so all of a sudden, he puts a sponge in his hand and tells Daniel, all right, go ahead. And he says, I want you to wax on, and I want you to wax off. Breathe in and breathe out. Very specific instructions for Daniel. And so all of a sudden, Daniel begins to wax the cars and begins to wash the cars. And over time, what happens is Miyagi comes back, and Daniel's working really hard, putting his elbow into it. And, and Miyagi says, no, 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 hey, you're doing it wrong big circle, big circle. And he says, wax on, wax off, breathe in, breathe out. So Daniel begins to work and um, it, he, Miyagi leaves him and he says, just wax on and wax off and I'll be back. Now, I think this has some spiritual implications for you and I. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back inside. We're going to talk about it in just a few seconds. I love it. All right, you got to do it with me. You ready? Wax on. Wax off. Come on, say it with me. Say wax on, wax off. I love it so much. And I, I love it so much because like in order for Daniel to begin his training, he has to make this like sacred pack, right? Miyagi's like, okay, here's the deal. I'll teach you karate, but I say you do. No questions. And of course, what is the very first thing Daniel does? He asks a question. How many of you wish that parenting worked like that? Come on, somebody. Like, I say you do, right? How many stubborn people do we have in the house? Anybody? Raise your hand if you know somebody stubborn. Come on, somebody. Y'all are all, like, all the, literally, I just saw all the women just go like this. 
just looking. The truth is about all of us, right? We have ways that we want things done. We have this idea of how things should work out, and, and we kind of just have our, our preference. And so what, what Daniel wants more than anything else is he, wanna prove, he just wants to prove to himself to the girl he's trying to get, and to those Cobra Kai guys that he has what it takes to defeat them, to beat them. He has what it takes to train and show back up after he's been beat up time and time and time again, and he wants to prove himself. But Daniel has an idea of what that looks like. Like when he signed up for karate and told Mr. Miyagi he wanted him to train him, he had no idea that he was going to be spending the next couple of hours and days washing cars, wax on wax off. And see, the problem with Daniel wasn't that he didn't know what he wanted. The problem with Daniel and really the problem with you and I oftentimes is that we know what we want. We just want it our way. And so the truth is, it's like, you know what you want. That's probably not the problem. Many of you, you know, you want healthy relationships. You know, you want a good job. You know, you want your kids to be raised up and, and be godly or to, to have responsibility and not live in your basement forever. Come on, somebody like you, you have, you know what you want, but the problem isn't what you want. The problem is you want it your way. And oftentimes we, we get frustrated when all of a sudden we're asked to do something that wasn't the way that we pictured it. See, we want things easy. We want things fast. We don't want to have to wait, do we? We, 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 want, we don't want to have to work. We don't want to have to be confused. We just want to go, hey, this is what I want, and this is how I'm going to get it. And I think there's some things that we can really learn from this movie. I believe some of the things we're going to talk about today are really going to help you take your next step. So if you're taking notes, write this thought down, that you don't get God's will by doing things your way. See, so oftentimes, like we, we, we've come to believe in American culture that, you know, if I just, if I say the prayer and God forgives me for my sin, then I'm good. Like, I'm good. All I got to do is say a prayer and then I can go to heaven. And like, yes, God is generous. Yes, God is gracious. But I don't know if somebody's told you this before, but God does expect some things from you. And this ain't popular, but this is the gospel. Like, this is true. And here's what I mean by that is that you and I are saved, Ephesians 2 tells us, by grace through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not by your works so that no one can boast. So you, you can't do anything to earn your salvation. You can't do anything to make God love you any more or any less. He loves you infinitely. He loves you unconditionally. So you and I, we have access to heaven reconciled to God through faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. But a lot of times people stop at verse eight and nine in Ephesians two and don't read verse 10. Because see what verse 10 says is he says, you are his workmanship or you are his masterpiece created by God to do good works that he had prepared in advance for you to do. See, you and I actually have a job to do. We have some things that we have to work on and, and it doesn't just come by hearing it. We don't have a problem in this country of hearing the word. Like you can get on social media right now and you can find hundreds of theologically sound and inspiring preachers that you can get all kinds of information from. The problem isn't a lack of information. The problem is a lack of application. And so what Jesus says is that like, if you're going to follow me, he says, listen, you're going to have to obey me. John 14 says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. James 1 says, don't just be a hearer of the word only deceiving yourself, but do the word. Obey 
what it says. And so the truth is, is listen, I know that you have some things you want in life. There's some ideas that you have, but if you're going to follow Jesus, like you just got to understand, right? Like there's some things that you and I have to do. And this is why Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, he says, if anyone is to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Verse 24 says this, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit their very self? You don't get God's will doing things your way. And so what do you want? Do you want your way or do you want God's will? Because you're going to have to go, you know, I'm going to deny myself. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to deny my own preference for the sake of Jesus. Don't believe this lie that you can just have a little bit of God and a lot of yourself. I just want a little bit enough of Jesus to get me through, but I'm still going to live and do whatever I want to do. That's why in Revelation 3, Jesus teaches, he says, listen, hot water has a purpose, cold water has a purpose. But if you are lukewarm, God will spit you out of his mouth. What's the point? You got to commit to something. I love what Miyagi said to Daniel. He said, walk on right side of the road. Okay. Walk on left side of the road, okay, but walk in middle, get squished like grapes. What is he saying? You got to commit to something. Like either go all in or don't go in at all, but don't fake it. Like you and I have a responsibility that if we're going to follow Jesus, that we actually have to deny ourselves. And the good news is, is you don't have to do that in your own strength. The good news is, is that when you believe in Jesus and give him your life, the power of the Holy Spirit, God deposits his spirit within you. And now through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to not choose sin and not give in to your way, but through the Spirit can actually be obedient to God. And so many people live with this just like, you know, hey, I can just do whatever I want. I'm saved. I got a free pass to heaven. I got, I got, I'm good. I got my free sin card, but God is gracious and God is loving. And is that true? Absolutely. But here's the problem. If you have been saved and experienced the grace of God, you wouldn't take advantage of it, right? Like it changes you. It says that he takes out your heart of stone and he gives you a heart of flesh. But you got to decide, what do, you, what do you want? You're not going to live out God's purpose for you by trying to work your own plan. And that's why he sent Jesus, because the truth is, is you have your, your natural self, the natural tendency is you want what, is best for you. You want to please you, but you weren't created to please you. You were created to please God. And so as this movie continues and Daniel starts his training, what does Mr. Miyagi tell him? He says, you got to wash them and then you got to wax them. And after he finishes washing and waxing all these cars, Miyagi tells him, come back the next day. And so Daniel comes back and he notices Miyagi's debt, his, uh, his deck. And Miyagi built this brand new deck and there's all these like Japanese sanders on the floor. And he says, Daniel, son, pick, pick, pick up the sander. And Daniel picks it up. He says, I want you to sand the floor. Big circle, sand the floor, sand the floor. And so Daniel gets down and he starts sanding the floor and he looks up and he's like, like this, am I done? And he says, no, 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 whole deck. <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh. He said, when you finish, come back next day. So he comes back the next day. And then this time he says, now I want you to paint the fence like this up 
down. Come on, do it with me. Paint the fence. Up, down, up, down. I want you to paint the fence. And so he starts to paint the fence and he finishes a board or two and he's like, okay, I'm done. He said, oh no, no, whole fence. Come back tomorrow, you know? And then the next day comes back and now he's like, okay, I finished it. What next? And he says, no, 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 the other side. And so all of a sudden he's painting it and as time goes on, he comes back again. And this time there's a note on the door and it says, now paint the house, but this time side to side. Y'all can do side to side with me, do side to side. He says, now I want you to paint it side to side. So Daniel paints the whole house for Mr. Miyagi and it's getting late. And here comes Mr. Miyagi up his little driveway carrying his fishing pole. And Daniel's so mad. He's like, Miyagi, did you really go fishing? And he just looks at him. He's like, missed a spot and just kept walking. And as you can imagine, like Daniel is ticked off. He is mad because this entire time he's like, you know what? Like Miyagi, like I've just been slaving for you. I've been doing all your chores. I'm done with it. I'm over it. Like I'm not painting any more fences. I'm not waxing any more cars. I'm going home. Let's check out what happens next. Hey, online family, how are you? Um, man, I, I want to uh, explain to you exactly what this scene, what is happening in it. Daniel's frustrated, right? Because he's been doing all of these chores for Miyagi and he's so mad. He's so angry. He's like, man, what's the point? Like, I'm done with this. And he kind of even cusses him out and he's ready to walk away. And Miyagi's like, no, 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 Daniel's son, come back. He's like, show me, show me sand the floor. And Daniel's like, I can't, my shoulder's hurting. And then Miyagi, he rubs his hands together and he pops his shoulder back in place. And he says, now show me sand the floor. And so he starts to show him again. And he's like, now I want you to do it. Big circles, big circles. And then he says, now show me. He says, show me wax on, wax off. And so Daniel, of course, is like, wax on, wax off. And he's like, no, 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 focus. Like, look at me. And he's like, like this, very specific instructions. Wax on, wax off, wax on, Wax off. He's like, now show me paint the fence. Show me side to side. And all of a sudden, he's taking him through all of the things he's made him do. All the things that Daniel thought were pointless. And it's in this moment, Miyagi starts to throw some punches. And he starts to fight. And he starts to hit him. And he starts to do all this stuff. And, and in this moment, Daniel starts to block everything. And you can see in Daniel's eyes the light bulb that goes off when he realized it wasn't for nothing. Now it made sense. The Miyagi wasn't just trying to get him to do a bunch of chores. He was actually training him, just not in the way that Daniel thought. And I think that's so true for you and I. And so in just a few seconds, we're going to go back in. We're going to talk about it. we got a little time. So if you need to get something to drink, get it. We'll see you inside. Come back tomorrow. I love it so much. Uh, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because as you can see, as Daniel begins to do all of the things that Miyagi had, had taught him this point, right? he told him to sand the floor and to wax on and to wax off and breathe in and breathe out and paint the fence front up and down and side to side. And it's in this moment as you're watching, like you can see Daniel's eyes begin to light up and that light bulb just comes off and, it, and he realizes that like he was actually being trained the whole time. Write this down. Everything is preparation. Everything is preparation. Every fence you paint, every floor you sand, every car you wax, every diaper you change, every job you work, every bill you pay, every relationship you have, it's all preparation. And it's not pointless. Preparation is not pointless. And what I came to declare over you today is that God is preparing you for what God has prepared for you. 
that it's not pointless. Like a lot of times we're like, what's the, what is the point? This is dumb. This is a waste of my time. Like, why would I have to do this over and over and over? And here's the point. The point is to trust the teacher with the process. The point is to, to trust him. It's not pointless. It's never pointless. Preparation is never pointless. It's always on purpose. Even when you don't get it and you don't understand, but here's what you got to know. Sometimes obedience only makes sense after you've obeyed. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes obedience only makes sense after you've obeyed. Right? Like some, we don't really understand everything that happens. We don't really get the purpose of everything. But the truth is, is if you quit in the preparation, you may never understand you remember that time when you were a kid and maybe for you, you heard that from a parent or from a church, you say, hey, listen, it's not good to have sex outside of marriage. So you need to wait till you get married. And we believe here at Renovation that marriage is between one man, one woman, and sex should be enjoyed and practiced in the marriage relationship. Can I get an amen? Yup. Y'all got kids down there. Can I get a better amen? Come on, somebody. All right. Hello. And when you were 16 and you heard that for the first time, maybe you were 12, maybe you were 17, it didn't make sense, did it? Like, that's stupid. I'm in love. It's my life. I'll do what I want. I'll do it my way. Until you grew up and you didn't listen, and now you are married, and now you have all kinds of baggage you got to work through, and then you go, ah, that's why God said not to do that. Or maybe it was, um, maybe it's when Jesus says to forgive as you've been forgiven. You're like, oh, that sounds dumb. Like, why would I do that? They don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve for me to like let them off the hook and just act like, that's not forgiveness, by the way. Forgiveness is your choice. Reconciliation is a, is a mutual decision. Forgiveness is when you go, hey, you know what? I'm gonna forgive them the way God had forgiven me. I'm not gonna minimize what happened, but I'm not gonna hold a grudge anymore, right? And it's like, well, that sounds dumb. Like, I'm not doing that. I'll live how I want. Until you actually forgive and you feel the burden you've carried for so long lift off your shoulders, then you're like, oh, that makes sense. It's when you hear me and you hear the scriptures teach to be generous and to tithe and to give 10% of your income and trust God with the other 90%. And you're like, well, that's dumb. I ain't doing that. The world, that's not, that's, until you actually do it and then you understand the blessing of what it looks like when you are generous with it. Somehow God, when you give back to him, he turns it around and blesses you. And then you're like, oh, that's, that's why. It's when you like, come to church and you hear me being like, hey, you need to be in church. You need to be in the house of God. You need to be around community. And you're like, whatever, pastor, I could follow Jesus by myself. I don't need no people. It's like, that's all great. Until you get some news that you're sick, until you lose somebody you love, until you lose your job and you look around and all you've done is come to church week in and week out, but you don't know nobody. It makes sense when you actually get involved and you start building friendships that when something happens, you got people you can call and you know you got an army of people around you that are gonna encourage you in the faith. Then it makes sense, but oftentimes it only makes sense once you have obeyed. Reminds me of this story in Luke chapter five. It's one of my favorites. And Jesus is, um, he's, he's coming into town and he's walking along the sea and all these crowds are starting to circle him. And he finds a guy named Peter, and he says, Peter, can I use your boat? Now, I love that, because Jesus is a savage. Like, how many of you just gonna walk up to somebody and be like, hey, bro, can I use your truck? You don't even know him yet. You know, like, it ain't gonna happen. So Jesus is like, hey, can I use your boat? And Peter's like, 
yeah, get in, I guess. And so Jesus gets in the boat and he's like, all right, now I want you to row us out. Put out a little bit into the water. And then when they get out into the water, he says, now, Peter, throw your nets down in the water again. And Peter's like, Jesus, I've already done that. In fact, I've done it all night. I fished this very spot all night and have caught nothing. The fish ain't down there, Jesus. They ain't interested today. I ain't, that's not what he said, though. He says, I, I've done this all night, but if you say so, I will. And so he lays down the nets in the water. And as he pulls them up this time, there's so many fish, he can't even get it in the boat. And then Jesus looks at him and says, now, Peter, follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for people. I'll teach you your real purpose in life. And I love this because Jesus at this time is searching for people to follow him and to learn from him, to then go on and preach the gospel and share the good news about what he would one day do and how he would go to the cross and die for the world. He wanted people that would go out and spread the news of what's to come to go to Jerusalem and Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what Jesus was trying to do. He was trying to get some guys together that he could lead and disciple and then release into the world. And you would think that he would go to a synagogue. You would think he would go to seminary of that day. The professionals, the ones who memorized the Torah and knew all of the law. But Jesus didn't go to the synagogue, did he? Instead of going to the synagogue, Jesus went to the sea. And he says, if you will follow me, I will teach you how to catch people. If you will learn from me, I'll teach you how to love. If you will follow me, I'll show you what it's like to have real faith. See, sometimes the classroom don't look like the calling. <laughs> Y'all missed it. What I'm trying to get you to understand, Daniel, son, is sometimes Jesus isn't always going to tell you why he's doing what he's doing when he does it. Right, because if you knew why to paint the fence, of course you would paint the fence. If you knew why wax on, wax off, of course you would wax on and wax off. If you knew why he was asking you to sand the floor, of course you would sand the floor. If, if you knew why he was telling you to wait in the relationship, of course you would relate in the relationship. If you knew why he was asking you to give, of course you would give. But what Jesus is trying to get you to understand is he's going, listen, will you do what I say when you don't know what I meant? Like, will you trust me? Blessed are those who not only hear the word of God, but do the word of God. Amen. See, when we obey, it's not pointless. It's not, it's not just, just because Jesus needs some chores done for himself. Right? But when we, when we obey Jesus, what happens is, is in our obedience, in the preparation, we actually start to begin to understand the purpose. But oftentimes it's only after you've obeyed. And so if you're sitting around and you're waiting to understand everything, you will miss out on what God is trying to do in this season. And no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter how many pointless things you gotta do at work, at your desk, at your job, no matter how many soccer practices you gotta go to and games, and you're like, this is dumb, this is pointless, my kid ain't going pro, why am I doing this? It's on purpose. Right, like preparation is not pointless, it's on purpose. Like what he's trying to get you to see is that if you'll just do what I ask you to do, I promise you that there is a greater purpose ahead of you that you don't know about yet. 
So the classroom don't always look like the calling. The process doesn't always look like the promise, but you got to decide, am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it God's way? So as this, uh, as the movie continues on and Daniel's son begins to train, he has this moment, he understands like why wax on, why wax off, like it starts to set in. And as he's preparing to go to the championship, Daniel turns 16. And uh, what Mr. Miyagi decides to do is he decides to give him a, a gift, a gi that his wife had made. And what I forgot to mention was that when Daniel started to kind of understand this process, one night, Mr. Miyagi on his anniversary came home drunk. And I mean, he was toe up from the flow up. You know what I'm talking about? And <laughs> Mr. Miyagi is actually a pretty funny drunk guy if you watch the movie. But so Daniel realizes in that moment, as he's taking care of Mr. Miyagi, he sees these like open newspapers and all these articles about how years before Miyagi had lost his wife and lost his son. And all of a sudden he, he felt and he realized the pain that Miyagi had been carrying. He realized that the man that was trying to teach him some things had actually gone through some things. That Miyagi wasn't just some old wise soul that was just thought and watched a bunch of videos back in the day on how to teach karate, but Miyagi had actually been through some things. And here's what I love about this is because what I love about Jesus is that we do not have a great high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but I'm so glad he didn't stay in heaven, came to earth, took on every single temptation, but did not sin so that we know we have a God that goes, I've been there, I've done that, and I'll show you what it looks like to obey to the end. Right, like that's, that's the beauty in it. And so as he figures this out and he gets this gi, there's such significance. He understands what Miyagi had been through and Miyagi takes him outside and he says, you see, you see all these cars? He said, pick one. And I just wonder, what if he had gotten to pick the car if he would have never washed it? Because see, like, Daniel was washing the car. He was waxing on and waxing off, not realizing and not knowing that he would be paying attention to every single detail. And here's what I'm trying to tell you is that if you skip the process, you may miss the provision. Now, I'm not promising that God's going to give you a new car, okay? But what I am saying is that there's something beautiful when you just go, I don't get it. I've done it. I've tried it. I've tried to pray. I've tried to get in the word. None of it worked. I've been to church. That'll make me feel better. I tried this, tried a group. And, and Jesus goes, throw it down again. And you go, if you say so, I will. So Daniel, he starts to pick the car and he knows the car. It's intricate details. And then he, he picks a convertible, drop top drives into town where he was going in on his bike. He was getting beat up every day and he couldn't get the girl. But of course, now that he's got the car, he gets the girl. Finally, he gets it and uh, the tournament time is starting and he makes his way through the tournament and he gets up to the, the semifinal round. And, uh, and it's in the semifinal round, the sensei for the Cobra Kai comes over and says, I want you to take him out. I don't want to compete. So he cheap shots him. So Daniel's injured, he's hurt, he's in the back room and it's over and his mom's there and Mr. Miyagi's there and now his new girlfriend because he got the new car is there. You know what I'm talking about? Gold digger. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. Sorry. Did I say that? No. Um, we don't like, we, never mind. I'm going to be, whew. don't be one. All right, there we go. Um, and so all of a sudden they're like, it's over, Daniel. Don't worry about it. You're not going to win the fight. You tried. It's not about that. You proved yourself already. You don't need to prove yourself anymore. 
And they start to walk out. And he goes, Miyagi, can you do that thing with your hands and heal my leg? And do you know why I love that so much? If Daniel would have quit in the process, he would have never known that Miyagi knew how to heal him. Can I just tell you, if you quit in the process, you may miss out on the miracle that God wants to work in your life. Because he didn't quit, he knew that Miyagi had something up his sleeve, that Miyagi knew how to actually fix the issue. And so what happens? Miyagi rubs his hands together as he does, and he snaps it back in, into place, and it feels better. And then Daniel's you know, gold-digging girlfriend <laughs> runs out, and she's like, Daniel DeRusso's going to fight. And it's this amazing scene. It's the final match, and he fights in the championship, and the score is tied. Next point wins. Next point wins. Let's check this out. Hey, what's up? So this is our final scene. I love it. It's my favorite one. It's, it's the one you may know. Um, it's called The Crane. And uh, in this scene, obviously, Daniel at this point, um, he's, next point wins. He's got to decide what he's going to do. And all of a sudden, he does this move, The Crane. And he kicks his enemy right in the face, wins the point. And it's one of the greatest scenes ever. It gives me chills every time. There's something here I want to teach us. So let's go back in, check this out. Come on, you know you want to do it with me. Let's go, people. Come on. The crane. I love this scene, right? So powerful. Wins the, wins the fight. And uh, do you know why I love this scene a lot? Is because do you remember in any of those scenes, Mr. Miyagi teaching Daniel the crane? Nope. See, up until that point, Daniel had took what Mr. Miyagi had said and put it into practice. But the crane was different because when Daniel had realized about the things he realized about Mr. Miyagi, he decided to make a choice and he went out to work on his own and he began to practice not just what Miyagi said, but what Miyagi did. If you watch the movie, what you'll see in an earlier scene is that as Daniel's out in the water training and he's practicing all the things Miyagi taught him, Miyagi's just standing over there like this, just <laughs> still as can be. And Daniel's like, what in the world is he doing? But Daniel started to put it in practice on his own. Can I just tell you and say this real gently? At some point, you gotta decide, do you want your way or God's will? You gotta decide, is this gonna be my faith or somebody else's? And you gotta decide, you know what? I'm gonna take responsibility for my life. I'm gonna start to follow Jesus and I'm gonna stop needing somebody to hold my hand. And you, you, you got to decide, like, am I going to own my faith for me? And it was because he did what he saw and he put it into practice on his own. At the end of the scene, he kicks him in the face, which, by the way, is an illegal kick. And that's why the movie Cobra, Cobra Kai is now on Netflix. But anyway, here's what I want you to write down. Obedience is preparation for the enemy's tactics. Obedience today produces perseverance for tomorrow. Like, what you're doing is not pointless. See, Mr. Miyagi wasn't just training Daniel to win a fight. He was training Daniel in such a way to defeat an enemy who would try to cheat. Can I just tell you, the devil does not play fair with your soul. He ain't gonna fight fair. And if you just go through the motions, wax on, Wax off. What happens is 
He begins to attack you in ways you didn't see coming. But if you will put into practice what Jesus has taught, if you will model your life after how Jesus had lived, you'll be ready for it. I love what 1 Peter 5 says. It says, to be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. Do you know the people that he devours? The people who quit in the process. The, the, the lion gets the gazelle that's on its own, trying to do its own thing. Like, I don't need them. They're stupid. I don't like them. No way. And it's over here prancing around. What happens? The lion takes it out. And for some of us, the reason you're hurting and the reason you're in so much pain is because you've been living your life in isolation, going through the motions, and the enemy is attacking you. And what you need in this season is you need to be surrounded by a pack of people that when the enemy tries to come at you, they remind you of who you are, remind you of the promise of God, and lets you know that, listen, he doesn't have the power to take you out because you got the power of Jesus inside of you. The same one that raised Jesus from the grave is the one that lives in you, so he doesn't hold the keys to your future, Jesus does. You need people in your life. Don't just go through the motions. Don't just act like it doesn't matter. Don't you see like everything is preparation. Everything God has been preparing for you in life. Everything that's happened. Every sad moment you've experienced. All the pain you've had. God didn't cause it. But what God does is he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it around for good. And so you can have faith and trust that I may not know why I'm going through it. But I'm going to trust the God who does. God, if you said it, I'm going to do it. But obedience only makes sense after you've obeyed. The enemy wants to take you out. And see, he wants to go after you. He wants to go after your family. He wants to go after the calling God has put on your life. And you got to decide, like, what do I want? Do I want it my way? Or do I, want, do I want to do it God's way? Do I want God's will for my life? Do I trust that it's better? And you're like, ah, I don't know, maybe. I don't know if I can do all that. Yeah, you can. With the help of God and with the help of God's people, you can live the life he's called you to live. Scripture says that you now have everything you need to live a life of obedience and fulfilling God's plan and purpose for you. It'll make sense one day. It'll make sense one day when when the world tells you to do what you want, to stay at home, to not show up to God's house, to not worship God. When the world tells you that's not a priority, but when God becomes a priority for your kids, you'll go, oh, that's why. That's why I should have shown up. It'll make sense one day when a friend at work is struggling in pain and they want to give up, maybe even take their own life and they look to you and you go, you know what? I've been there. I've been through that process. And there's purpose. You still have breath in your lungs, so God's not through with you yet. I'm gonna be here for you, and I'm gonna help you see that the best is yet to come. Then it'll make sense, but only if you obey. So here's what I wanna do. 
may have walked in today and you got here because of somebody else's faith. They may have brought you to church. That's great. I'm glad you're here. But today, right now, you got a decision. Are you going to make it your own? Or are you going to keep doing it your way? So here's what I would love. Um, I would love for you to just stand with me and I would love to pray just a simple prayer where you go, God, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm surrendering my way to your will. I'm going to obey you even when I don't understand it. I'm going to trust the preparation. I'm going to trust the process. And right now you're going to say, hey, I'm giving my life to you. You know, you can't follow Jesus and be in control. We surrender our life to Jesus. We say, God, you're in control. So right now, if you will, you bow your heads with me. And I just want to give us this moment with God. Right now in your living room, I want you to, want you to bow your head. God, we stand in your presence. And it's such an honor, such a blessing that you've made yourself available to us, that you didn't stay in heaven and make us earn it like every other God in the religions around the world with a false promise. But God, you came down to earth, was tempted as we are, but overcame temptation and modeled what it meant to be lovingly obedient to the Father, that you went all the way to the cross to carry our sin despite our rejection of you, despite doing it our own way. And you conquered hell, death, and the grave and rose again so that we could be forgiven and free. And so right now, I just want to pray this prayer over you. And you can say this out loud. You can say it in your spirit. But one of the things we do here is we have everybody say this out loud who believes it for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ so that they know they're not alone. So church, will you pray this with me? Say, God, I love you. Today, I give you my life. I do not want my way. I want your will for my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you resurrected from the grave so that I can be forgiven and set free. Today, I give you my life. If you just prayed that prayer right now, every, every head still bow, will you just lift your hand so I can celebrate with you? Come on, over here. Keep your hand up for me real quick. Keep it up high. We're just going to put something in it. And uh, we want to we wanna connect with you. And we want to we want to give you a Bible. We want to let you know you're not alone. Um, and I'd love to personally just get to meet with you and spend some time right after service. Hope you know how much God loves you. You weren't here by accident today. Through Jesus and Jesus alone. Right now you're saved. Anyone who confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord is saved. If that's you online. I want you to let us know, DM us, let us know. For the rest of us right now, if you decide, you know what, today is the day I'm taking my next step. Your next step is your best step. And so whatever it may be for you, if it's today, it's I'm gonna commit to show up to church or it's I'm gonna commit to trust God with my finances or I'm gonna commit to being a part of a community or using my gifts or serving or maybe your marriage is in trouble and you need to, you need to start going to counseling, but you're going, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, God, to get your will for my life, to live out your purpose. Today, I take that step in obedience and I just wanna follow you. If you're just taking a step today, whatever it may be. Will you lift your hand up right now? Come on. God, I'm trusting you in my life. So Father, I thank you for moving today. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you will do. God, I thank you. And once again, you've shown up and you've rescued your people. You've reminded them how much you love them. And God, we love you so much, so much. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody set.
Amen. Hey, will y'all, will y'all put your hands together and celebrate those who made that decision today? Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church slash give. Have a blessed day.